0: What's up everybody hope you're doing great hope you're doing awesome and just having an incredible week happy sunday to you This is an incredible time for us to worship the lord and honor him and bless him I just appreciate you guys coming those of you that are new to grace. Thanks. Thanks for coming and checking us out uh, we feel like we're a vibrant, you know, growing church and impacting our community, doing awesome stuff. We're glad you're here to check us out. We're just just appreciate your willingness to come to a church that meets in a movie theater. You know, a little bit different than normal, but I'll tell you what, we're a church that owns some land that doesn't have any trees on it anymore. Like, what's up? Like, come on, yeah, taking big steps forward in that, celebrating that, moving forward. And I know for us, you know, with the with the transition with the, the COVID and the pandemic and figuring out how to do church, how to meet how to meet in person, what does that look like, you know, and navigating this as, as we all are still trying to do. I know we're still wanting to take steps forward and, and grow and reach people in our community. And one of the things that we're going to have to do eventually, you know, if you kind of look around the auditorium, we're going to have to get to the place again where we uh, return to a second service. Uh, We're feeling that pressure, you know, not only here, but also in kids' ministry. So uh, I just want to invite you, if you're not part of our dream team and serving, you know, we have some spots uh, that are available and open, and, and those of you that are at home, you know, watching online, you've been doing that a while, that's great. We're, we, we're so glad that you're connected with us, but at, we hope at some point in time, you know, you feel comfortable and coming back and, and, and recognizing we're doing some some healthy things and and doing things appropriately around Grace Church, and in order to accommodate more people, you know, we've got to get to the point where we add that second service again. So we just, you know, come and serve and, and be involved in the Dream Team. It's great, uh, so I, I just, uh, I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about today's message. Now, I realize I say that almost every week. But just so you're aware, like, uh, messages like today are very special to me. Because today I'm going to talk about money. Because uh, anytime you talk about money, people, you just had a, a response. You just are like, oh man, are you serious? But here's the deal I'm not going to talk about giving. I'm actually going to talk about spending. A little bit different twist uh, on money and finances and resources. And, uh, but here's the reality if you're new to Grace Church, uh, this message will not be fluffy, uh, this will not be feel good. And, and that's just because that's not how we work. Uh, we lay it on the line, we go after it every single week, and we preach God's word. Uh, And we teach a strong message, and and we don't apologize for that. We feel like God has incredible things for us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need our finances to be in line and according to his words. Because I I don't know about you, but I've learned a lot. Like, I've talked with people. I've learned. I've educated myself regarding finances. And I've made some good decisions along the way. Like, I really have. I'm so proud of that. Nicole and I, we team up. You know, we pray about things, and we strategize our finances and our family. But I've also made some bad decisions along the way as well. Now, I'm passionate about this because God's Word talks about finances. Jesus taught often about finances. And so one of the things, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because I've experienced the struggle. I've felt the pain. And many of you, if not all of you, you've felt the pain of poor decisions and lack of wisdom regarding your finances and your resources, I know I certainly have. And and one of the phrases uh, that that we use is this thing called buyer's remorse. How many of you would be willing to put your hand up? Maybe some of y'all need to put both hands up and be like, I have felt buyer's remorse. Go ahead and put them up. I know you have. I know you have. Like, I get it. Buyer's remorse. It's a real thing. A real thing. I'm going to share with uh, one of you, uh, one of my examples very recently, you know, one of the things I've gotten into recently is just investments in stocks and looking at them in the market because of the crash back in March and, and a quick rebound and all these things going on. So I'm like, wow, it's, it intrigued me. And so recently, I bought two stocks. I was so excited. Like, I was like, man, this is awesome. I felt so cool. Like, I was like, man, I am just in it. I am with the stock market. And they went down real fast real fast. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and my eyeballs are going, Nicole, I'm so sorry. Like, I had to apologize to her. I'm like, honey, I, I thought, I thought I was so, aw-. like, I'm going, baby, this is right. This is, it was, but here's the deal. When I look back at it now, and I retrace, I was compulsive. I didn't do the right kind of research. And I, the reality is, when it went down, I was sad. Like, it affected me in a big way. And so, the reason I share that story with you is because if we're willing to acknowledge it, we need to see that there is a euphoria with spending. And those of you that spend and you buy and you purchase, you have a certain feeling when you do that, don't you? You know, if you buy the new car, you feel good when you get in it. You know, if you, if you get a new house, you're excited about that. There, there's a euphoria that comes with spending. But it's interesting because it starts small and it continues to grow over time. And there's lots and lots of examples of this, things that start small and grow. Let me give you just some examples. One of them is gambling, right? Some people that, that do gambling, they do a little bit at first. Uh, n- nobody ever gambles everything right out of the gate. You start a little bit, a little dabble here, a little bit there, you know, a trip, a, a cruise or whatever, and you try things. And, but then what happens is sometimes we, if we allow it to, it can continue to grow. And gambling certainly can move in towards an addiction. I would say drinking is the same way. You know, just having a drink, you're like, hey, no big deal, one here, one there. But then it gets to be, you know, you have a few on the weekends, and then it's every single weekend, and then you're looking forward to it on Friday, like at work, That you, you, and then it gets to the point where it's every single day, and it becomes an addiction to us. Uh, and so we just, we have to, re- and I realize that those are some extreme examples. I get it. Uh, but man, most people can have some issues and that euphoria when it comes to spending, because a lot of people have no idea how much they're spending. Do you know how much you're spending? I mean, because we can be in control of our spending, or we can allow it to get out of control. And so we have to recognize that. I don't know where you're at right now uh, with your finances, with your resources. This is only a time when, when you have to look you know, inside of who you are, what is it that you experience and feel. But I do want to teach you God's word. And what it says, because in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20, here's what it says. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So we need to have margin in our spending. And I want you to, to learn and understand and know this word margin. This is a big deal, uh, an incredible principle. So we have margin uh, in our lives. And when we have margin, we, we, basically it's like we're giving ourselves room. You know, if you if you're writing on a piece of paper, you knew when you learned how to write, you had that that, that red line on, on the one side, and you had that was your margin. You didn't go over the line because that's where you started, gave yourself room. When you were coming to church, you know, here today, you, you were driving to church. Like you you either were early, you were on time, or you were late. All, all, all of us were one of those three. Which one were you? Uh, did you give yourself margin in your time? To arrive either early or on time, and so you know when I when I say margin, we all go yeah, like I get it. It's a good idea, isn't it? Like we need margin in every area of our life, and we think I should probably do that. But we don't. We think of this great idea, we see it in other people's lives, and we go, man, that's a great thing. I should probably do that, but we don't. We do nothing about it. Um. So, a few months ago, several months now, I guess, the government sent out stimulus checks. And please don't get uh, a little uneasy right now. I'm not going to go into a politics session or whatever. But I just, I just was, was looking at, you know, and just kind of recognizing and reflecting on the, the stimulus checks and what they are and what it did. And, and honestly, I wanted to do a video. Uh, I wanted to shoot a video once they came out, and I just wanted to kind of ask people how they were going to do, how they were going to spend their money, how they were going to use their money, what they were going to do. But here's the deal: I was scared. Um, I don't get scared of a lot of things, but I was scared to do a video with that because I had some creative ideas. I really did some neat stuff on ways to do it, but I was afraid to do that because so many people think that the church is only after their money. And so I just, I didn't do it. And man, I, I regret not because it, it really, I really feel like it could have helped a lot of people. Um, and so I just, but, th- but the thing that's cool is so now it's months later. And so how did you spend it? Like, th- how did you, what did you do with that money? And, and maybe you didn't get any, which is awesome if you're in that place in life. And maybe you got some, maybe you got a little bit more than others, um, kids. And I, and I get, we all understand the amounts and stuff. But what did you do with your stimulus money? because so if you spent it, we were supposed to, so good job. Like, you're okay, right? I, I'm talking about spending, like, way to go, boosting, and, and, and so that's awesome. Um, but, you know, many people that I talked to, they just, they, they saw that as a, like a little bit of a bonus, uh, and, and they did some different things with it. I know for Nicole and I, like, we talked about it, and we saw it as an opportunity to create margin in our finances. We really did. It gave us a buffer to do certain things that we wanted to do. Uh, just to be open and honest, I mean, we had made a, a commitment, a pledge to, towards the building campaign, and we were planning on that being a year, and we just we kind of took care of it. We were like, wow, this is awesome. We boom, we, we. And so the reason we were able to do that, though, is we track our spending. So we, we track, we understand what we do. And so if I see a charge on the credit card that seems out of place, I ask her, what is that? What what are you buying? What are these purchases? Not not in a demeaning way, not not, not not controlling way, but I'll ask her how many packages are coming to the door with this? And and so and she's like, just trying to stimulate the economy, honey, like doing my part. And, and, and I get it, and, and so that's awesome, but I, like for real, my, my wife does an incredible job, and, and I mean, I just you do a, a wonderful job with money, and, and can we just take a moment, I know it's like pastor appreciation stuff, but to be a female pastor sometimes is a challenge, can we honor my wife like in how she does what she does? She is absolutely incredible, very intelligent, beautiful. Everybody knows it. That encounters her and knows her, but she has so much depth on the inside. And regarding spending and finances, she loves a good deal. Like she is proud of the good deals that she finds. And so we've we've got to make wise decisions in our spending. We know that. We need that. We've got to do that. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Now, the reason I want to talk about margin in our finances is because we usually, uh, we usually know what we're spending. Sometimes we don't. Some of you may not know what you're spending. But when we start spending, we feel that euphoria, and then we justify it. I, I, don't, I know I've done that you know, with the purchases that I've made, maybe you have as well. Like We're doing this spending, we try and justify it, and there are times, if we're willing to be totally honest, that we even pray to God. We're like, God, would you please bless me so I can have this, have that, buy this, buy that. Instead of praying, Lord, please change me. Lord, please give me self-control in my spending. Please help me to make wise decisions We pray, God, would you bless me more to cover what I've already spent? We pray prayers like that because we we feel that and and we don't have margin in our resources. And so and we know the reality that everything in this world is decaying. Everything in the world is decaying. As it lives every minute, moment, hour, day, month, it is decaying. And when you look, when you when you have your clothes, when you wear them, they wear out. When you wash them, they get tired. Uh, the el- electronics that we have, they become obsolete, and they break down, and, and they, they don't work. The cars that we buy, they depreciate in value, and they break, and we have to replace things. The houses that we have, we have to fix them and maintain them right? because they're decaying. They're getting older. I mean, go buy a junkyard. Uh, go, go, don't buy a junkyard. If, I guess if you want to as an investment. But go to a junkyard and look at a junkyard. right? Look at all the, the cars that are there. Those cars at one time were a dream for somebody. They were. Gosh, I hope one day I can buy it. And where does it end up? In the junkyard. And all those cars in the junkyard, they maybe even cause stress. Uh, they caused a, a, an excessive amount of money. They possibly even caused stress inside of marriages because of the breakdowns and the struggles and the finances. I mean, think about it. The, the magnitude of what it is and the purchases and where it ended up. In the junkyard. When Jesus was 12, there's an interesting verse that's mentioned about him in Luke chapter 5, verse 12. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all people. So we want to be like Jesus. That's our goal, to lead a Christ-centered life. So as he grew in wisdom and stature, he grew with a financial understanding and taught about it and spoke about it. Because we have to get to that place. So how do you know if you have wisdom with your finances? How do you know? I would say you have margin. If you have margin in your life, you have shown the ability to have self-control and have wisdom in your finances and purchase. Now, please understand, I am not at all talking about what you buy. Not at all. There is nothing wrong with having nice things. It's great. I'm talking about margin. Margin shows wisdom in finances. Let me give you a real-life example. I see this all the time, and maybe you have as well. If I'm describing your family, like I apologize, but there can be a change and a shift as a result of today in this message. So there's two families, right? Just as an example to understand what's going on, we'll have family A and family B. There's two families. Both families are living the same type lifestyle. S- say, like, you look at them, the, the, they've been married the same number of years, they have the same amount of income, they've got two kids, they've got a dog, they have a nice home, they have a pool, they have a BMW, they have a truck, they travel at times, you know, they go on vacation, same, same two families. Family A, two incomes, and they track their spending. They're aware of what comes in and what goes out. They have saved ...for the house that they now live in, and they put 20% down for that house up front. They financed both of their vehicles, but they just paid one of them off. And they were actually really excited about that. And they have a vacation line item in their budget, and they put money in it monthly. Family B. Same type of lifestyle. right? You look at them, looks the same. But they financed all of their possessions, including the furniture that's in their house. Their their debt to income ratio is absolutely maxed out and they can't finance anything else. And they put the ski trip that they went on on the credit card and they're taking the next six months to pay it off. Same lifestyle. Which one are you? This is where it gets hard. Which one are you? And if your family B. Did you, do you feel that uneasiness in your heart and your spirit? Because you want to be family A. And here's what I want to encourage you. You can. You absolutely can. And, and this, this is a, not, not only just a pipe dream, something that, you, that, that other people get, but it's not for you. You can have this. And I want to say very clearly, it does not matter how much money you make. It does not matter the amount. And we've got to understand that. In one of Jesus' teachings in Luke 12, verse 15, he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Now, <laughs> we know this. We've heard it before. We've heard it talked about. We've heard it preached in messages. Maybe grandma told you that. I don't know what it is, but we, like, we get this. But we have this thing inside of us where we want our lives to be filled We want them full, full of stuff, full of things. And so we fill our houses. When our houses are full, we fill our garages. And it's just stuff. It's just things that end up decaying, and we end up putting by the curb, and they end up going away. And and so I want to challenge you to pray, Lord, would you please guide me in my finances? Because if you pray that type of prayer, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me self-control. Guide me in my finances. I would dare say there's three things that God might give to you as points. And here's one of them, to fight for contentment. You have got to fight for contentment in your life. Because when we have contentment in our life, we will have margin. I promise you that. But contentment is a battle. It's the internal battle that we feel all the time, every single day, every single moment, in our decisions, what we have and how we spend it. So we do one of these three things. We either spend what we make, we spend a little less, or we spend a little more. Let me just give you a real-life example. Let's say you have 100 bucks, right? You got 100 bucks. So here's the 100 laid out. You either take some and you set some aside and you spend what's left. So you spend a little less than what you made or you take your hundred and you're like nah i'm gonna buy what i want and you spend the full hundred or you spend a little more than the hundred that you made and use credit to do it now here's the reality in america we're terrible at this resources data facts prove americans spend more than they make and we rely on this to do it how do you live your finances? What type of margin do you have and do you experience? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have, wan- have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. And so it's not money. Money is not evil. Okay? Money itself is amoral. Right? So money is not good or evil. Money cannot make you sin. Money cannot separate you from God. It's the love of money that's the root of all type of evil. So I, one of the things that I had to learn along the way and I had people teach me is that money is a resource. It simply is a tool that we use and we manage and we're supposed to function in an appropriate way and make good decisions with it. And, and, and that, is, that is a telling sign, you know, if we have margin, if we're making good decisions. So in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, it says, True godliness... With contentment, in itself, is great wealth. So we've got to have wisdom first. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to have contentment first, right? When we have contentment, then we show that we have wisdom. So we have to have this, the feeling and the emotion of buying and having the stuff. We have to have contentment first. Then we can show that we have wisdom in the decisions that we make. When we make those good decisions, it creates margin. That's all there is to it. That's the formula. And so what are you focused on right now in your finances and your spending? What efforts are you putting towards? Because here's the deal. We can fund contentment and create margin, or you can finance upgrades and improvements and things that you want to purchase and impulsive purchases and, and stocks that are going to go down. And like I, I get it. like I totally understand. So I just want to encourage you. Stop going into debt to fund the, the things and the possessions that you long for and start fueling contentment in your life because margin is much cheaper than all those purchases. And margin pays huge dividends. And we have to have that in our life and experience that. So fight for contentment. The second thing that God might say regarding finances is keep good records. This is really important. We overlook this one far too often. You know, that they, that they show statistics that uh, about, about 60% of people do keep a budget. So I uh, just—do you manage a budget? Because if you ran a a business and you wanted a person to invest in your business, and and if they came up and they say, "Hey, I I like what you're doing. I see it, and I want to be an investor," how are they going to know if they—if they can be an investor or not? They're going to look at your financial reports. So let's say your personal income, along with your business, I know many of you are business owners, entrepreneurs, you, know, you lead companies at high levels, you understand that on the business level. Are you doing the same thing on a personal level? Do you have records to show if somebody were wanting to invest in your company? You're the CEO of your family. Do you have to fire yourself because you have poor records of the finances in your personal company? That's hard, isn't it? when when I say it that way, that's a challenge. Now, one of the things I want to share with you um, is I am so proud uh, to be the lead pastor in this church. I love it. I get to live out my calling, and I absolutely love and appreciate and have an incredible amount of respect. for all the the other people that are on our lead team. If you're new to Grace Church, our lead team is our board, the Board of Elders. Uh, We meet, we talk, we pray with just incredible people that love Jesus and and have shown in their lives that they live that type of lifestyle to honor the Lord. And they are extremely fiscally responsible. And I want to give you just a fantastic example. In our bylaws, it, it spells out, it says very clearly that we have to do an annual, at least a review, Right, So we have to do a review by a CPA that they have to come in and take a look at all of our finances and, and, and evaluate things, and they give us a report. And here's why I share, you, share that with you. A year ago when we went to the bank to get the loan for the building and stuff that we're moving in, they were impressed. They were impressed with the finances and the records that we kept as a church. And here, I, like I quote from the bank president, we have never seen a church have record like, records like this, and many businesses don't either. And they're like, yes, we will lend you the money that you need. And I was like, what? We've been doing it right. We've been doing it awesome. So I'm so proud of that. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's it just is an incredible moment. But here's what I want to share with you. That doesn't happen on accident. It does not happen on accident. So I want that for you. I want that in your life. I want that in your business. Because sometimes we find ourselves praying, God, God, help me out. God, give me some more. God, come on. you got to bless me, Lord. I need some more. And what if he says, hey, okay, that's great. Why don't you show me what you've done with what I've already given you? How are we going to reply? Are we just going to be able to say, oh, God, trust me. God, trust me. I learned this time. I'll do it better now. Jesus uh, gave a teaching one time about three different servants. Uh, and, and they had a master. And the, and the master actually gave them some money. And then he went away. And, uh, and here's, what, here's the, 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 the verse that kind of boils it down regarding margin and spending in us. Matthew 25, 19. After a long time, their master returned home from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they used his money. That's what, about, that's what keeping records is about. We've got to keep good records so we can create margin in our lives, and we can have this. You can have this in your life. And I, I would say very, like, in it just implicitly, that we need margin so that we can number three. This is what God wants for us, that we can respond to a need. This is God's call in our life. As Christ followers, we need to be able to respond, because it's impossible for someone to help someone else when they're broke. It's impossible for you to help somebody else that's in need when you've got nothing else to offer. When you're living month by month, you, and many times, like I've talked to people that, "Oh, I wish I could." But I can't. If you create margin, you can. Absolutely. I'll never forget uh, one time recently, uh, Nicole and I were in the grocery store together. And, you know, we, we saw somebody, and it just, you know, we, we try not to judge by appearance, but you could tell like that they were just in a, in a tough place in life. And she looked at me, she's like, I really feel like, we're supposed to buy their groceries. I mean, one, I was impressed um, that she had a heart and a passion, and two, I was so glad we could. You know what I mean? Some of you have done that before. Some of you are just incredibly generous. You love to give. You love to serve. You love to honor others. You love to help those that are in need. It was so rewarding for her to be able to walk up and say, hey, I got got this for you even it even moves me emotionally you know just remembering that what an incredible moment uh, to be able to have because we have margin we could meet somebody's need you know whether they need it or not who knows i don't know i mean sometimes you know just we don't know really what they're going through but i'll tell you what based on their reaction it seemed like the holy spirit used my wife in a very cool way to help that person in a tough time it was awesome so i want to share with you just a simple principle it's 10, 10, 80. So here's the deal. I have my 100 bucks, right? I have my 100 bucks. And so here's the 10, right? 10 goes into savings. We save it, put it aside. 10 goes to the Lord. 10, 10, 80. Here's your 80. This is how much you get. You don't get the full 100. And please don't use this guy. So th- that's aside, 10 into savings. What if you started living like that now? And you go, oh, it will only be 10 bucks because I only got 100. Awesome. You got to start somewhere, don't you? We all did. We all started somewhere. And so I just, 10 goes into savings, 10 goes to the Lord, and now you got 80. This is contentment. This creates margin. This puts money aside. This creates contingency for, the, for when things happen. And so be generous towards God. Be generous towards other people. Be content. Create margin. That, that's the challenge that, that, that's laid before us regarding spending and our income and our finances. And so what I want to do, like it, is, it would be my honor to pray just an incredible blessing, like a financial blessing over you. And here's what's very cool. I get to do this. And so my question to you, my challenge to you is, will you receive it and how will you respond to it? So let's pray. Let's go before God and ask that he might move in a powerful way. So Lord God, we love you. God, we honor you. We bless your name. Lord, thank you for your word and your scripture. Lord, thank you for not leaving us out there all by ourselves to figure it out on our own. You don't do that. You're with us. You give us your word. You give us your scripture. You give us us other people, resources to, to, to be in our lives that we can talk to, that we can strategize. Lord, I pray right now. For those of us that don't have a person like that, would you put somebody like that in our life? Lord, a friend, somebody that we can confide in, somebody that will challenge us in our finances, somebody that will help us take the next step. And so, Lord, we're going to pray this bold prayer. Lord, you, all the resources in all the entire universe come from you. And you've entrusted us with some of them. Thank you so much for doing that. And so, Lord, I pray right now through the power of your word and your spirit. Would you impart in us this spirit of contentment that we need? Lord, just we receive it. We see in our lives. like We we feel just uh, the, the turmoil inside. And Lord, I pray just right now that that would be countered with your contentment. Lord, would you give us discipline? Discipline's hard. Lord, you're our dad. And we don't like to receive discipline, but sometimes we need it. And so thank you for loving us so much discipline us and you correct us. And so, Lord, we receive that. And God, I pray for wisdom. Wisdom with what you've given us that we would be able to manage it well and make great decisions. Lord, that you would just show your power and authority. Lord, that we would be generous towards you and others and we would just create this in our life. And Lord, I thank you for your scripture. Lord, the scripture on a pray over our people and everybody watching is that incredible verse where it says, press down, shaking together, and running over, that there might be enough, there might be more, there might be 30, 60, 100 times more than ever imaginable. Lord, I glorify you. Lord, when that happens, I, we just want to lift you up and praise your name. But Father, just thank you so much for blessing us. And, and I just pray that you would help us through the power of your spirit and that you would bring, that you would break the bondage of debt. Lord, your word says that the borrower is slave to the lender. Lord, we don't, we're we're not slaves any longer, but we're broken. We're set free. We break out of those bonds and we, and you liberate us. So I pray that just blessing over those that are struggling in debt, that you would do something miraculous and amazing. Lord, I praise you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name.